By the way, Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo, Rick Derringer. Rick Derringer? Does he have any other hits, or is that his only hit? I've never heard of Rick Derringer. What? I I, I feel like I only know him from that song. Rock and Roll Hoochie Coo! It's a Guitar Hero classic, right? It, was that on Guitar Hero? I think so. Which Guitar Hero was that on? had to be two. Two was the best one. Was that the best one? Because I got into it at Guitar Hero 3, because Guitar Hero 3 was the first one that, that came out on Wii. The only game yeah. system I have is the Wii. Yep. And I remember it was the only time ever I waited in line for a video game. My Dude. mom drove me to Best Buy waiting in line for Guitar I had Hero every 3. single one. I had one, two, Rocks the 80s, three, Aerosmith. The Air- I had the Aerosmith one, too. The Aerosmith, the Aerosmith was one was great. So great, Incredible. Right? Incredible. But two is just so classic. What, what else was on two? I'm trying to get my Wi-Fi to load so I can... I can dig into Rick Derringer a little bit. Who else? What else was on Guitar Hero 2? Dude, it was like, I think Fog Hat was Guitar Barracuda was Guitar Hero 2. No, that was Guitar Hero 3. What? I'm telling you. Hold Hang on. on. Wait, wait. I'm trying to get my Wi-Fi to work. This, this is a disaster that we're in here. Hang on. Let me, <laughs> let me try to let me try to hotspot this. Guitar Hero. Guitar Hero. Guitar two. Hero 3. Two songs. Oh wait. Hang on. I I I know the issue. Heart shaped box. Uh, Mon- Nir- oh, Nirvana, dude. Monkey Wrench, Carry On, Wayward Son. That was two. Yeah, this is all two. Cherry Pie, Beast and the Harlot, Shout at the Devil, Psychobilly Freakout, Shout at the Devil, Bam, Surrender. Sur- oh, by Message Cheap in Trick. A bottle. Oh my God. No, I'm telling you, uh, uh, Guitar Hero Three. Was... Uh, you're right about. I'm. I'm. D- don't mess with me, man. I know my no, Guitar Hero Three. We had Barracuda, Black Magic Woman, Threes and Sevens, Even Flow. There Even Flow's a good one. A really good one. Holiday in Cambodia. You ever played that song? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's a holiday in, in Cambodia. Cambodia. It's da, da, tough but it's light. Oh, man. <laughs> and then Through the Fire and Flames was the, you know, the big finale song. What was the deal with that song? Everybody tried. Nobody could do it. It was Dragon Force. Is Dragon so Force. Epic, dude. So epic. You know, so I've far seen, away. You, you ever been to a Dragon Force concert? No, but I will tell you what. If they you, you got, here, choke them on the mic a little bit. So we yep, go, yep, 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 there, yep. there, there we go. go. You're there in, we go. You're in. You're crushing it. Uh, okay, just so Dragon cu- Force. Cooper was about to tell us a dragon, a little, a little Dragon Force story. I've got a couple more just bangers off Guitar Hero too. Jessica. Oh John, my God, that was on Guitar Hero too. John right? the Fisherman, Killing in the Name, Last Child. Personally, maybe my favorite Aerosmith, Aerosmith song. song. Really? Why? Because it's funky. Mama Ken's my actual favorite. You know, what, you know what's so funny? I, I'm not, I'm not like sucking up to you, Cooper. I, I wouldn't do that. Mama Kin's my favorite Aerosmith song. No shit. It was also the first Aerosmith song I ever, I ever heard. Yeah. So I feel like that might be why it's Dude. my favorite. I just love that riff. It's. And I mean, does he does he say shit or she it? it this is a very controversial uh, topic in the Aerosmith. People have been world. talking about it. People have been talking about since it for the decades. beginning of time. Decades. First Aerosmith record, Mamakin, right? So yeah, I, I Toys in the Attic. That whole, uh, that no, whole no, record, that's man. off the self-titled Mamakin. Mamakin is? Mama, wait, hang on. I it's, thought Toys in the Attic was their debut. No, no, they had a self-titled. You've been right once so far today, so. Well, hang on. Uh, they had a self-titled Aerosmith, came out in 1973, and it had Mamakin on, it had Dream On, was on the first record. Really? I swear, I swear to God, fact check me. Toys in the Attic came out in 75. No shit. I, I, would I make this up? No, I, I don't think you're lying to me. By the way, between the self-titled and uh, Toys in the Act, you also had Get Your Get Your Wings. So Toys in the Act was the third Aerosmith record. Good God. And Get Your Wings had uh, same old song and dance, Train Kept It Rolling. First concert I ever saw was Aerosmith. 
I've never gotten to see them. Really? They're, I think they're on the farewell tour right now. If, Are they touring right if now? If they come around, we, we should go see them. I would love I'll, to. I want to see them one more time before I don't get Before the they go on their eighth farewell tour before in they like go on the five eighth, years. Yeah, before they play again on their next tour, I want the chance to see them again. Yeah. Um, My parents got to see them with Lenny Kravitz. I feel really? like that would have been a killer. Killer. Just killer lineup, How long ago man. was that? That had to be 10 years ago. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, first concert, ZZ Top and Aerosmith. Incredible. At Jones Beach in New York. Dude, best venue out there. Do you feel that way? Because I love, isn't that, why, love Jones How Beach. do you even know about Jones Beach? I went, I lived in New York for a summer uh, after Dude. my junior year of college. Yeah. And we went, I think, yeah, it was Stapleton. Stapleton at Jones Beach. And I just like looked up a picture of this place. I was like, this can't be real. And Hell so we yeah. just took the LIRR up to, you know, Jones Beach. And it was like, even better in person than in the pictures. The it's place my is, favorite. It slaps, venue. man. It's it's you're right on the water. Yeah. And when I saw it, uh, my first concert, ZZ Top Aerosmith, the lightning was flashing behind them. Incredible. As they were playing, and I was like, "This is the best thing ever." That is so rock and roll. It's incredible. What did you do in New York though? When you lived there for summer, were you like, uh, sold or? beer for uh, Anheuser Busch. I was an intern. Really? Yep. And you just thought, I want to live life in the big city. New it York. was. So I just kind of want to do one more little internship thing. Oh, I knew I wanted to do music, but I want to do, you know, normal college kid summer. And um, Anheuser-Busch job came up, and I thought, this is cool. Beer's tight. That'd be awesome. And uh, they actually placed you wherever they wanted to place you. Um, so so it you was, got the internship, and then they were like, we're going to send you. Yeah, you're living in New York. So it was either New York, like Dallas, Atlanta, St. Louis, or like L.A. or something. So I was like, those are all pretty cool. I'm yeah. glad it was New York. I, I Living in New York for a summer was badass, man. You, did you ever think about moving to New York or no. too much of a no? No. Why, by by too, month three, I was out. But just too much. Like I like having a car. Yeah. And like I hate having a car. I. I'm I, sorry about that. I'm, I grew up in New York. I, I don't know how to drive. Are I'm, you from like I'm, Manhattan? Well, I grew up just outside of New York. Oh yeah, <laughs> Westchester, New York. Very nice. And I never. I I learned how to drive late. I'm a horrible driver. Like my friends, I drive with my friends, and they think I'm like. The oh, worst. When driver. you pulled up in here, it was a little. It was a little. Sus. Get the fuck out of here! It was yeah. fine. It was totally <laughs> fine. But most well, of the time, like, when I'm kid. on the highway or when I'm merging, like or I'm do, I'm doing stuff, like I'm not. I'm horrible at parking, parallel parking. Like I'm just not a great driver because I never. I never grew up driving. I kind of yeah. learned how to drive when I came to Nashville. Well, I mean, I'm sorry, man. You kind of got to drive here. That's it's why tough. you didn't like New York because you like having a no. Car. I it was so expensive. Everything. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's ridiculous. And like, I just like. It's still my favorite place to visit. Really? Like, I, I love all... going up there for a weekend. Like, really? I, I proposed to my fiance in New York because that's where we, like, you know, kind of reconnected and started dating and all that stuff. So I took her back up there. And I was like, dude, this is so much fun. And there's so much shit to do. You never run out of shit to do. Up yeah. There. Do you feel like you run out of things to do in Nashville? Honestly, no. I do the same things every single day. Yeah. The, but, yeah. 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 Like, you know. I feel like in Nashville, like, like, like you know, friends will come to visit, and then you do everything, and then they come back to visit, and, and they're like, what else can we do? And I was like, I don't know, we kind of did everything. Yeah. Right? Well, if you don't want to drink and eat, then you're probably kind of in the wrong place. That, or, like, go yeah. to a concert. Yeah, that, yeah, that's what I'm saying. And it's like, you do the opera, you do the, like, I don't know, I feel like you, you run through the gamut. You, you do, you start doing the same things. But it's all stuff that I'm like, it's pretty I, cool. I could do this, like, a hundred times. I could do this a hundred times. Like, I still yeah. love going to Broadway. I'm one of the only, like, people oh, that's lived in Nashville. Broadway. I love Broadway. I love Broadway. It's awesome. It's awesome. So do you feel, because I, I really want to get into this, Cooper, because this is kind of like, this is a very exciting moment for Cooper. First of all, you're about to go on on uh, a headlining tour, the Cooped Up tour. This is not your first headlining tour, right? You, you um, it's one. not. So we did one in the we did one in the spring 
This is the um, second headlining tour. Yeah, and then last year did a co-headlining tour right. with um, Alexandra and Thomas. Um, so, but yeah, this is the second, you know, Cooper Allen headline tour. Is it getting bigger? Do you think? Like, or, or are you yeah. are you still trying to hit markets for the first time, or like, what's the like, what's the big picture thing with this tour? Yeah, it's a it's a mixture. Like, we're definitely still hitting some first time markets and trying to build some markets, but you know, some of it is either repeat areas or places we went to, you know, last year on the In Real Life tour, or, you know, something like that. And it does feel like it's the it's getting bigger and the tickets are moving faster. We're playing bigger rooms and, you know, there's still some markets that sl- are slower than others for sure. But it feels like overall, it's like, damn, I don't really know why they keep coming and that more people are showing up now, but it's, it's awesome. I mean, it, you put on a great show. Have you felt like the, the, you know, I feel like a year ago or two years ago, I felt like everyone was kind of writing you off a little bit, like, or they weren't taking you, the industry was not taking you seriously. And you were building this following, and you you had millions of followers, and now I feel like people are starting to to come around to Cooper Allen. Like now they're starting to get on board, and they're starting to get. Are you feeling that a little bit? Like are doors starting to open? Do you think people are showing a little more respect that that you probably deserve? Yeah, and I mean I don't think it's even like a respect deserved. You know, yeah, yeah people that, were hating on me thing. I you know I I totally get that, but it's it's more like the whole TikTok social media thing was just like it was really weird and it was different and it was, you know, nobody really knew exactly what to do with it. And I, you know, I've been doing it every day for two years. I still don't know what to do with it, but it was just kind of a, a different way of, I guess, building a fan base and, you know, quote unquote, making it in music. So I, whenever we were getting the nose or like the write-offs or the not, you know, being taken super seriously thing, it was never like a, Oh, fuck these guys. They, they just don't get it. It's like, no, this Something like this is probably going to take a little time for people to kind of come around to it. We're just going to have to prove a lot of stuff. And as we've, you know, over time been fortunate enough to, you know, prove more of that stuff and kind of grow this thing and continue on kind of an upward trajectory, then, you know, people started to, you know, come around on it a little bit. And it's cool. Were you really that cool about it? Because I feel like... Hell no. (laughs) No, because I would be looking at, like, you quickly had more followers and more streams and more fans showing up to concerts in real life than like most young label signings have. Like, I feel like that's a real fact. And it feels like, like people in town were like, they were, they were kind of, I don't want to say they were running you off because I actually know a lot of people that were like, that were massive fans, but there was maybe some corporate red tape or stuff where it just like, didn't make sense to sign you at the time. Now you're leaving them in the dust. But, like, I just feel like that would be frustrating that you're like, what else do I need to do? My numbers, my stats, everything is bigger than everyone else who's getting signed and who's getting these big industry looks. And early on, I felt like they were kind of writing you off a little bit. Is that, is that fair to say, do you think? I mean, in terms of reacting to it, it was like, you know, yes, you want all of the things that you expect to get when you move to Nashville and you want it to happen. And then you do something and you think that, you know, xyz is going to happen because you do this or sell a bunch of tickets on a tour or something it kind of took a shift in perspective of like you know did i move to nashville to you know do this industry side of it, or do i move to nashville to try to you know connect with as many fans with my music and yeah. with you know my persona or whatever is possible so when i shifted the perspective to okay we're going to measure success not in terms of really anything but fan consumption and people coming out to shows and liking the music and then the rest of that 
just kind of falls in line if you grow that other side big enough. So that was kind of the perspective I tried to keep. And of course we're human. I'm competitive as hell and you know, you get pissed off sometimes and whatnot, but that's just, that's just this business, man. Nobody, nobody owes you anything. I, I don't think. And, and you know, you should never expect to get something out of this business because that's just not, that's just not how it works. And it's not how it should work. It, it works in a pretty cool way like that. Yeah. Right. Was originally like before you started to have big success on social media, were you thinking that your big break was going to come by signing the record deal and having the radio single and maybe more of a traditional path? And I mean, then did that perspective shift to say, screw that, like, I'm going to focus on the fans first. That's what my strategy is going to be. Yeah, I mean, when I moved to town, I thought, yeah, you know, I'm moving here to sign a record deal and then to be on the radio and stuff. And I was the most anti-social media person. I, I hated it. I didn't even have an Instagram till you know, halfway through college, probably. I just, really? I didn't think anybody cared, and I didn't really, you know, like it. It really took, like, my fiance telling me about TikTok, uh, my producer, business partner, Victoria, telling me about TikTok and being like, you just, you know, shows are canceled. You know, this is a platform that maybe we could try to figure out. You should go check it out. And um, it really took kind of being pushed in that direction. And then once I did start kind of digging in on there, realizing – what it could do from you know one viral video gets you more followers on tiktok than i had and ever gained on instagram so it was like okay this is uh this is legit and then it just grew to consuming original music buying tour tickets and now it's like this freaking app drives the entire music industry yeah it's wild why were you so against instagram like early on do you think you just weren't that familiar with it you just didn't really understand it or was there a reason that you were super against it early i was just one of those like hard-headed dudes that's just like oh social media that's not that cool i like sports and you know beer really though you can still like sports and beer and like that's uh, like instagram right (laughs) but you were just you were against it and then it was your because i feel like in the old days pre-social media you used to get into a van and tour and play in these clubs for five people and tour around the country and then you would go back and maybe six people would show up and you go back and seven people would show up and then eventually it would build and you you could potentially grow a following today you can kind of do that on social media you can go live and go live for three people yeah and then four and then grow it that way so it's like is that what you kind of started to realize early on so your fiance tells you, you get on tiktok right or, or yeah your business, yeah or victoria fiance tells. and victoria and but it was more like you know I can work my ass off on the internet right now when there's not even an option to play shows because it was pandemic and all that yeah. stuff. And then, you know, I can go out and instead of playing covers at these clubs, I can maybe start playing my own stuff. And instead of, you know, praying that I get on a, a playlist or d- this or that, you know, I can actually have people really listen to the music consistently and have, you know, organic consumption of the stuff. Uh, so it was just kind of seeing like that trend of, man, this is like, we actually have people that are interested in what I'm doing and what we're putting out. Um, it was kind of seeing that, you know, over the first couple months of TikTok kind of popping off for me where it was like, okay, this, we, we got to hit this as hard as possible. Was it the mashups that, that showed that early traction? It was, so mashups were, let's see, I got on TikTok in 2020, I think March I think I had my first like viral video with my mom handing me a guitar and saying, you know, sing this, this, this. Uh, that was in like April. And then I didn't do a mashup video until I think it was like November of that year. Or it might have even been the next year. I don't know. But those first couple months, like 
and I'd been doing mashups for forever in college bars and like, yeah right you know that was just when you have a four hour set you know night after night and you're just trying to kill time it's like let's just let's see how drunk people are let's see if they notice that we're just playing the same chords over and over again and just like riffing 30 seconds so of it's kind of like songs. laziness you would start doing these mashups laziness bit. and alcohol probably is, I feel uh, like it's hard to put <laughs> them together though but it was the band basically if you have a big band yeah or even a small band but a band you just tell the band hey loop this one progression yeah it's really easy and i'm gonna just sing over it we yeah. don't even need to rehearse it but we're gonna kill 10 minutes here exactly i right. think our record was like 30 minutes like 30 minutes on a mashup incredible In- incredible <laughs> yeah. Coop, Coop, he's, he's very humble cooper allen he, he oh man no what <laughs> i will say those days when we were doing the long ones it was like bass player me guitar player and we would switch off so Oh, that's you know, cool. You kind of had time to think about what you were going to throw I in there. I think this is the cool thing that people might not realize about Cooper Allen is that you spent years like honing your chops on Broadway, on the Tin Roof Circuit, so that by the time you finally had big momentum on TikTok, you kind of already knew how to be a performer, right? Like you sort of already knew how to put a band together and play with a band. And I think that's sort of a cliche thing that people are seeing in the industry right now is like they're having this viral success and they've never played in a band or they've never toured or they've never done any of this, and then they're scrambling to put it together. But by the time you start to have success, you kind of already had those performance chops, right? Is that fair to say? Yeah, I mean, that's performing has always been what I liked most about this whole thing. So, I mean, I, I started my first band in eighth grade and really you know, played pretty actively all through high school and really ramped it up in college. Um, and I knew, you know, I always knew that I wanted to do music, but when I turned 18, it was like, well, do you want to go to college or do you want to, you know, go try to move to Nashville and be a country singer right now? And I was like, I just needed to get better. I needed to learn how to entertain a crowd a lot better. I needed to play in these bars and have those experiences that, you know, you're right. A lot of people, you know, don't get to do these days. And I, it's not for everybody and, you know, everybody has a different path. But for me, it was like, if you can learn how to entertain drunk people for four hours, then, you know, when it comes time for them to, like your stuff and want to hear your stuff then you know you're starting you could do 45 minutes yeah exactly yeah. and you're starting at a bit of a i guess higher level of comfort on stage because you know even though i've been doing this since eighth grade it took me until probably junior year of college to really like get comfortable on yeah. stage first and band was a uh, blow the line right? it was blow yes sir line. you did your research why did you how did you get better at entertaining people though is it just like you do a hundred shows and you realize nobody's paying attention. And then you go, let me, let me see if I try this one line or if I do this one charismatic thing, like, yeah. were you always super charismatic? Cause on stage you just like ooze charisma and it's so entertaining to watch. Like, I can did, promise you and thank you, but it, it was not, like it was that. not always close to that. At but all. Like, it, how, how'd you figure that out? To, or was it, do you even know how you figured it out? Was it just doing so many shows and eventually you just get more comfortable and your natural personality can shine through. Like, do you know how you kind of, figured out how to channel that charisma yeah i think you just it, it was a couple different things it's you you just grow up and you get better naturally your voice gets better you learn that you probably shouldn't drink so much before a show yeah right <laughs> and your right. voice will sound better if you don't and you can kind of control yourself a little better um and not that i was stumbling at shows but it was you know it was early college it was like this is fun um and then we started i kind of started playing with some guys that had done the church circuit um a little bit and so we started playing with in-ears we started playing with some tracks and then so once you know you're playing the song you don't got to worry about the band knowing the songs or anything or you don't got to signal when we're supposed to hit the chorus it's all just you know click and cue yeah in your ear 
then that kind of frees you up a little bit. And then it was mainly just like, dude, I just kind of stopped giving a fuck and just like, like I think of Kid Rock and Kid Rock on stage runs around like a maniac. And that he, was a big concert for you when you saw Kid Rock. That was like that was super eye opening for you. Yeah, that's like, why that's why I started my band. Um, and so you think about his performance style; it's just so much energy and so much just like him being himself and just having fun and trying to put on the best show for the people that are there. And so it just kind of it hit me over time that you know you should probably just like loosen up a little bit, man, and just kind of have fun and go crazy and people are going to like that more if you go crazy they're more likely to go crazy in the crowd and that's yeah. what you want so. are you think because you really do have this like unique charisma you, you might not even know that you have it but you just like <laughs> this way of talking like it's very inviting and i think it's part of your success it's just like you, you kind of just get sucked into cooper allen but is there someone like when i do this i kind of think about like what would Howard Stern do or like what would Jimmy Fallon do or like what would Joe Rogan like you know there's a lot of personalities going through my mind that I'm trying to potentially channel bits and pieces of like is there someone is it Kid Rock for you like is there someone that you're trying to you know still be original and put your own spin to but are you thinking of other people who have done this and like Garth for example like are you thinking about like what would Garth do in this moment and then how do I make this Cooper Allen right like do you have yeah. that kind of thought process yeah I'm, it, it lo- it's like I'm looking at a young Howard Stern over there get man the you're doing a great job get the fuck <laughs> out of here you don't, you don't even you don't even know Jesus what oh was my that? god <laughs> this whole place just exploded <laughs> good god I'm oh glad you can't see my pants god. <laughs> oh my god oh, oh all right, wow. we're back all right we're gonna channel it back in here because we almost just died Electric also the air the conditioning air. is broken in here right now so if we look a little sweaty it's the air conditioning that's because we're working hard or it's because cooper's making me nervous it's a little <laughs> bit of both but um but y- you know what i mean like are there people that you're thinking of yeah w- um, when you're performing so kid rock you know i've actually never gotten the luxury of seeing garth live but i've seen videos i, I know you know how he conducts himself up there so garth's definitely one of them kenny chesney's one of my favorite concerts i've ever seen um eric church is one of the best concerts i've seen Miranda Lambert was one of the best entertainers I've seen. Yeah, she's really great, right? Really great. Yeah. Really great. And then out of genre, but I don't know if you ever heard of the Struts. Oh, I love the Struts. Dude. Great band, right? Great band. I want to be in that band. I saw them at the Basement yes. East. Did you, were you at one of the Basement East shows? They played a it couple times. It was a couple times. years ago. Yeah, a couple years yep, ago. Yep, I went to two of them, How I think. How fucking awesome are, are Un- the Struts? Unfucking believable Unbelievable, right? And it's like that first album that everybody wants. Oh, my just God. Just banger after banger banger and that guy record i mean it's a modern freddie mercury nobody's as good as freddie mercury but he's kind of channels he just reminds me of that and that like that entertainment style i I try to do a little bit of that not that i can dress like him or be nearly as cool as him but it's just it's kind of like a glam rock thing it's just a confidence on stage he's just super confident on stage yeah and it's he works you know he does a crowd and response thing you know better as good or better than anybody i've ever seen and maybe because it's i got to see him and a club like a basement east or like cat's cradle and and a carborough but i don't know it, it, he's just the man so it's a combination of of a lot of different people that i've gotten to see performances have always moved me more than songs even that's you know from my first concert it's always been about the show for me over even the songs so. yeah i totally feel that at the strut show were you there when he made everybody get on me like on the floor yeah and then well i, I kind of forget what happened but he made everyone get on a knee and i've never seen anyone do this where the entire crowd basically like got on a knee and then he started ramping up the song again yeah and they got everyone to like jump up again 
and like sing with the song. It was yeah, crazy. It moment. was like a modern day, um, a little bit softer now, a little bit softer now. And then, you know, whenever, yeah. what, what movie is that? Animal House. Animal, yeah, right, yeah. right. Exactly. It was, it was just like that. Yeah. But what's, because I think what's interesting about you that I think everybody wants to figure out is sometimes people will have like big internet success, but it doesn't translate to ticket sales or people don't come out and see you. You, you might not even be able to like fully define this, but like you're selling out these venues, like your two shows, your tour starts this weekend and the first two shows are like already sold out. I know, I know your VIPs are like mostly sold out, your VIP tickets, like this thing's crushing, but like not everyone who has massive viral success can move tickets the way you're moving it. Do you have any sense? Is that something about the content? Do you think, or do you have any sense about this? Or you just, it's Dude, like a mystery. I have no idea. No <laughs> Honestly, idea. I, I've asked myself the same question. Cause you kind of, you wake up or you walk out on a stage and you're like, I mean, how, how did this happen? Um, it, it's really, really cool. And it's so, so fortunate. I mean, I guess people just see the content or like, that's probably a fun guy to see at a show. And it's a combination of that. And, you know, I think they just, kind of like the songs and you know feel like they could see themselves yeah having fun at one of those shows and then also with with tiktok and you know i, I preach it to my fans because i really mean it it's like they have single-handedly created my career and the fact that i'm even able to go out to a room and play music is because of them getting in early on this internet thing you know it wasn't and no offense to any of these things it wasn't radio it wasn't a you know, label wasn't any of that stuff. It was fans taking interest in it. And so I think there's sort of kind of a sense of ownership um, with them, with that whole thing that I think is maybe part of it too. Um, but yeah, I, I can't really put a finger on it. And, you know, it's just always going to be super humbling every single time anybody comes to the show, man. Yeah. Do you feel like one of the things that you hear a lot of people in the industry talking about is how the app is defining the sound of music and maybe that's a good thing, but maybe it's a lot of people are saying like it's a bummer because if the song doesn't go viral on TikTok, you just don't put it out. And maybe that could have been a great song, or maybe that could have grown on someone. You know, you know who knows. But do you feel like the app is having an impact on the music that you're releasing? Like when you're writing, are you like, what's gonna go viral? What like this new song, The Fridge, just coming out, which I think is yeah. a great song. I think it's really Thank funny. <laughs> but like, is do you think it's a negative? Like this is what everyone's kind of talking about right now. It's yeah. like a hot topic. Is that the app is maybe having a negative impact on the music that people are putting out? Do Do you feel that way, or or you're not really thinking about it? I think there's kind of a fine line of like, you know, I I still try to release huge viral songs. That's what I want to do. You know, that's going to drive the most traffic in and all that stuff. But I also you know, there are plenty of songs out there that I release that have not gone super viral and that just like I want to release because I like it and because, you know, fans are going to like it and stuff. Like yeah. that Hitting Your Friends Up song, you know, that song just meant a lot to me. And I, the fans that did hear it, you know, really enjoyed it. it. So it's a like a lot to them too. Yeah. You got to, I think it more than anything gives you an opportunity to just like release a bunch of stuff. And if it doesn't go viral, then it's not like you, there's no harm in putting it out. You're, yeah, just put, right. you're putting out a song. If nobody sees it or if nobody likes it or listens to it, then nobody saw it. You know, it's it doesn't fine. matter. You can just do it. And it's at the very least you have something out there for people to listen to that, you know, maybe heard your big viral song and then they go back and they get more invested in your artist's career. Um, yeah, I, I think it is a problem yeah. if people just strictly strategize over viral song, you know, or nothing. 
Um, I think there's a middle ground for sure. Yeah. So what's the secret? Because I feel like people have to come to you all the time trying to get TikTok advice. Like, I feel like there's got to be artist friends. People must call you and text you and be like, hey, man, like, can we get lunch and talk about TikTok? Because I just want to pick your brain. Like, people have to say that to you all the time, right? Like, do, do you have any advice or do you have any uh, strategy that you've figured out? Or is it really just the Cooper Allen effect here? It's, it's, it is. It's, it's, it's <laughs> unreplaceable. It's not the Cooper Allen effect. Any anybody can do this for sure. I, it's. Do you think so? Because I think there's a lot of people out there who are doing it and they're not ha- having the numbers that you're having. So well, I, th- I think there's a little bit of a Cooper Allen effect here. Well, you're nice to say that. I'm pre- the, the Zach Coon, the Zach Coon effect is absolutely. real as well. There is no Zach Coon uh, effect. There's a Cooper Allen effect, and it. I'm. I'm. People are putting out more content than you're putting out, and they're still not seeing the numbers that you're getting. Like people are. People are like so attached to you. Like I saw you at CMA Fest. With all these artists on a big stage, and afterwards, like, everybody came. First of all, the place was packed for you. The second you went off stage, the place emptied out. And there were some big artists on after you. And literally after you played, the like, the place emptied out by, like, 75%. Like, everybody was there to see you. There was, like, 2,000 people. And then they were all backstage trying to get, like, a photo or an autograph or anything. And I was there all day because I was hosting that stage. And there were some big artists on that stage, and nobody had the response that you had. Hey, Walker, we got we got to start bringing Zach out, man. This is good gas right here. Nobody had the response. <laughs> I feel awesome right And now. by the way, all those other artists that were, that were big artists had big like have big label resources behind them, and have a you know they had like some of them even had songs on radio. Some of them had big teams, and you and I don't like do you, at that point. I know now you've got management deal and, and Victoria's been with you from the beginning, but at that point at CMA Fest. Was it kind of just you? Like, have you ever hired someone to help with so- your social media, or has it always just been you uploading the videos? Uh, social media's a- always been me. I feel like they could kind of tell when it's not you, at least like making the videos. Yeah. You can have people, you know, edit videos or like. But you were always doing the editing. At- uh, yeah, up up until that point, up until my lovely Make Wake people started stepping in and, and helping out with. You know, I'm still making every video, but sometimes in a day you don't have time to. Edit four different videos on four different apps. Yeah, Um, right. But you know, it's in terms of like a secret sauce. It's just like you just got to do it, and you really got to be, excuse me, consistent with it for a really long time. And you got to push through sometimes that when you feel like you are absolutely wasting your freaking time doing it, and you just got to try everything, and you got to pivot when it feels like you need to pivot. Not don't get discouraged, and just see it as like. You know, this is work, and this is just part of the job now. You know, you cannot make it in this business now without some sort of something on the internet. You know, right? And that's just, and it's kind of sucks sometimes because it's like, dude, I want to be writing songs every day, not making content every day. But it's like you also have a lot of power and a lot more control of your career than I feel like you've ever had as an artist. Yeah. Um, in this business so do you feel that way because i know a lot of artists who say exactly that like i want to make songs every day i don't want to make content every day and then like i don't they they kind of don't like they kind of don't they kind of slack on the content like it's easy to it's easy to slack on the content right yeah but it's you just can't it's just like it's part of the it's part of the brand it's part of the whole thing yeah you just got to do it and it feels stupid sometimes but it's like yeah it's just if you want people to listen to your music then you just have to do something on social media yeah and you got to do it all the time was there ever a time where you actually because i saw you post a video once this was maybe like a month ago or so where you you were basically like hey fans like these mashup videos haven't been doing as well lately like do you still want to see the mashups like would you have stopped doing mashups 
If like like what what were you looking for with that video when you posted that? Um, it's just one a reminder that you know these mashups are still a thing if y'all want to see them. Um, kind of light a fire under the people a little bit. Get some help with like like maybe I'm just barking up the wrong tree here with like instrumentals or the beats that I'm doing them behind. Um, but also just kind of to let the fans know like yo y'all are still the most important part of this process. Yeah. Like it doesn't matter what I want to do if. You know, the mashups are a comfort zone for me, but if if that's something that I don't need to do anymore because y'all aren't liking these videos or something and you just want me to do them at some shows or something, then that's fine too. Um, it, it's always just my whole thing with it is the fans drive the content. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah. What else are you going to do? <laughs> exactly. It's all about the fans. <laughs> exactly. So, okay, so how do you get how, how do you get uh, Cappy and Make Wake on your team? Because he's one of the biggest managers in town. Great oh, yeah. guy. Also very charismatic, Chris Cappy. Very, very lo- good guy. A lot of man. charisma on that guy. Incredible. Incredible story. Incredible heart. Incredible story. Incredible heart. Really a great team. Because yeah. Luke Combs, like if you don't know, Chris Cappy manages Luke Combs and kind of discovered him and built him. And I feel like Luke Combs probably would have done what you d- would have done if he came up a couple years later. Yeah. Like he was sort of using social media. He broke independently. Or you got a ton of traction early on independently. And I feel like they know how to do that. And they really know how to cater to the fans. And I remember early on, Cappy would tell me that they had like two people full-time who just managed Luke Combs' DMs. Yeah. Right? And would make sure that the fans were always taken care of. So, like, in a way, this it makes a lot of sense that you would team up with Cappy and Jared and those guys for management. But what, like, how'd you guys, how'd you get, how'd you even get in the room with them? Yeah. So, I'll kind of take you a little evolution of the team. Yeah. Um, I moved to town. I, I meet Victoria Shaw a year before I moved to town. We stay in touch. I come knocking on her door after graduation, and she believes in me and offers me a publishing deal and, you know, puts me in the room with her and, and her incredible songwriting friends. And What did know, that deal look like? Like, did she give you an advance or anything? It was a co-pub deal with a monthly draw. And, and were you um, able to, like, basically live off that draw? Yes, or it, it helped a lot. And you know what? It was more than I deserved. Um, for sure. Um, especially you know, working with people of that caliber and learning from people like that and people like her, it was like, golly, I, I just got here. I don't deserve this, but I'm going to work my ass off because you know, you got to take advantage of this incredible. It's about four years ago. Did you go to school here or no? Went to UNC Chapel Hill. Oh, I, for some reason I thought you went to Belmont. No, no, no. Yeah. Go heels, man. Can I ask how old you are? 26. 26. Yeah. That uh, to me, you could have been younger, or you could have been older. Uh, you've got like a timeless. Or I could have been twenty six. Or you could have been twenty six. You, you have a timeless energy to me. You're hey. you're ageless. Like I like I honestly I couldn't guess. Well, how, I feel how like old, I'm aging every day. So. I couldn't guess how old you are. Like honestly, like you could have been any. You you could have been like twenty two because I feel like people people on TikTok age so fast. Like there's people on TikTok that I'm like that person looks like they're thirty and they're like eighteen. Yeah. Or at times they're like fifteen and you feel like a creeper. Like. Like you could have been, you could have been anywhere. Okay, so you're 26. You moved here about four years ago. Yep, four and years ago. Yeah, I've been working with Victoria ever since we start this record label. Once we start having some songs doing well, um, and then cooped up records, cooped up records, yeah. baby. Um, and then I, I meet Thomas and Alexandra. TikTok's popping off. We go on the in real life tour. Um, Alexandra's booking agent Beth Keith um, over at Sound Talent um, kind of booked those in real life tours. And um, because we were getting good numbers, uh, drew interest from William Morris and Morgan Kenny, who's been an absolute badass over there for me, took major interest. And um, 
came in with an awesome plan of headline tour and all this stuff. And we got to, you know, we got to go out and we got to build your fan base and sell hard tickets. And it was, you know, absolutely awesome. And it was the perfect time to bring in another team member. So I've been working with Morgan since last November and WME's kind of changed my life in a lot of incredible ways uh, with all these great shows. And I don't know, just a, a good philosophy that matches what, you know, Victoria and I believed in. And what, um, what's the philosophy? Like, let's just tour and let's, let's just, just let's see what happens. Let's try to yeah. build fans. You yeah. know, let's, uh, I think opening slots on tours are, are awesome, awesome things. And they can do so many incredible things for you. Uh, for me, that wasn't really the route. That wasn't where I was going to yeah. win. Um, but like, would you like, was it also maybe earlier on, maybe it, that option wasn't even there? Like, I bet. No, it definitely was not. I bet if you got the no. Kenny slot or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> of course go, I would have taken that You'd shit. do the Kenny slot, right? Yeah. In, a, in a heartbeat. But yeah. this is kind of, it's actually kind of cool that you're building it this way. Because out of the gate, you're kind of presenting yourself as like, hey, dude, I'm a, I'm a headliner. I'm, well, I'm a at headliner least, here. At least at the level we're at. You know, headlining. Yeah you know, these 500 to 2000 cap rooms. And it's, you know, it's been awesome. Um, and so that was in November of last year. Um, and then we kind of started talking to some management companies in town just cause that was really the next piece of the team that we needed to fill. And it was starting to get to the point where golly, we just, we need management. Um, and Jared Holly over at make wake, uh, who's worked with Cappy for a long time, um, really just kind of came out of the gates in such a great way and just I loved everything he said I loved his energy I loved you know the fans first philosophy over at make wake and it just it was really good vibes from the very first time I met him yeah um and so we met we tried to meet with every management company that would take a meeting just to kind of you know feel different people out and and really try everything exhaust all the options uh, but from that first meeting with Jared it was it really really felt right um so we you know, stayed in touch for a while. He came out to some shows and was just always coming up with cool ideas of how can we kind of push this thing, thing forward, whether it was cool merchandise ideas, cool VIP ideas, stuff that I was not even thinking of. Um, and so when the time came right for us to, you know, really make the partnership formal, we did. And it has been absolutely fucking amazing. <laughs> Cappy's unbelievable. Jerry's unbelievable. Walker's unbelievable. The whole team, um, they've really helped grow this thing even more. And that's always been, you know, my thing and, and me and Victoria's thing is, you know, you grow the team when it's when it's right and when you bring on people that can really do things that you cannot do or yeah. are, are willing to do those things that they can do that you can't and do. And what's Victoria, is Victoria in the role of publisher right now or business partner or? Publisher like, and then we uh, co-own the record label. And are, are you still putting out stuff through the record label? Yeah. And it's and it still runs? Yeah. What was, because you, you did this, this, uh, this video with Colt Ford that was really funny. Yeah. And you were like, we're at court, we're, we're at Cooped Up Records. <laughs> yeah. And then you there was like a receptionist and a marketing person and like a this and like you played all these people and you basically like pissed Cold Ford off in like a joking way. Like like yeah. it was a really funny video. <laughs> where'd you where'd you shoot that? That was it was that actually that wasn't Cooped Up Records. That was like no. a giant facility. Wish we had an office like that. That's With, uh that's average Joe's. That's average Joe's. <laughs> yeah. I've actually never been in that office, but that's the right like, office. That looks man. like an unbelievable office. Yeah. Oh my <laughs> god. Where is that? Is that around here? Like around it town? It is down Nolensville. Um, don't get the exact address but it's kind of kind of, <laughs> exactly. in, kind of in that area <laughs> give you the door code too yeah yeah, um, yeah just down Nolensville a little bit uh but it's a great it's a big facility and those guys have always done a really good job and they've always been supportive of what we're doing and Colt was super supportive of that song and just kind of everything we had going on and 
was nice enough to hop on a verse on that song and we did a music video together and did like that you know yeah. fun little video together he really means does he mean a lot to you cold forward because you oh you always say that he was like the godfather of like country rap oh yeah right the godfather he's the godfather yes. right but like does that mean a lot to you like like are you like a massive cold forward fan or i love cold Ford. Who, yeah. yeah who's in love who cold doesn't Ford? love cold Ford? who doesn't love cold Ford? um wait so i threw you off here so cappy so you bring on cappy uh-huh. and jared i remember jared probably maybe six months before you signed with him yeah he called me out of the blue and he was like hey what do you think of cooper allen I was like, I think Cooper Allen's a star. I was like, I think Cooper Allen's great. He was like, okay, cool. He was like, all right, I'll talk to you later. I was like, so maybe we should be giving you a cut. Is that what you're saying? Probably. No, no, no. <laughs> I, I just, I, no. The point of that was like, I think he believed in you early on. Like, yeah. I think he was always kind of eyeing you and and believed in you early on. You could tell it was very genuine interest. It wasn't yeah. just like, oh, this guy's doing this. He's starting to move some tickets. Let's take. No, a no, he believed it was on you passion. early. Yeah. yeah, 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 absolutely. But so when he comes on. Because I've talked to Cappy about this, and Cappy's told me about some pretty big meetings that he has where someone says, like, what's up next on the horizon? And Cappy goes, Cooper Allen. And, like, these are big meetings. Like, I don't even know if I can talk about them. But he's in big meetings with big people basically saying Cooper Allen is the next thing coming up in country music. We need to get behind him. Like, is that kind of what they bring to the table and some of the doors that they open? Like, like what are they really – what do they bring to it? Um, I mean, they bring so much stuff. And that is – one of the big things it's it's a you know great political move it's great having i mean cappy's a billboard power player yeah, yeah having right, him right. on your side it, it that stuff really matters and when as good of a guy as he is when he's passionate about what you're doing you know it's incredible and it can change a lot of things but even beyond that it's just like the the energy of that office the energy of that team from you know randy working social media to walker doing day-to-day to you know jared being kind of my main guy um it, it really they just help the ship run a lot better and, and are you know offering up great ideas and taking some things off my plate and it's just kind of you know it's accelerating this thing at a, a lot faster of a rate and growing it in ways that it definitely could not have grown without good management yeah it makes sense the uh you got one of the best in the biz has there been have you, has it been announced yet that you're i know everyone kind of knows this and you even said this on Inst- like on tiktok there was a video but i don't think there's been like a press release or anything right i think we're um we're pretty close to a press release because we wanted to wait until um fall tour uh we're doing a big brooklyn bowl show that we're announcing um i think that we're announcing that this week maybe um in nashville brooklyn bowl yes yeah nashville uh, brooklyn bowl I so come to that. That's- no- november 10th man November 10th. Yeah, buddy. What am I? I'm trying to think if I have anything November 10th. It's a Thursday. You don't have anything. I don't have anything. I yeah, be you're there. here. Damn I'm right. be there. Come on. Uh, Cooper Allen on the podcast. Um, new song, The Fridge, is coming out. He's teasing this on TikTok right now. And uh, this song is really funny. <laughs> Thank you. I think <laughs> I think this could be I think this could be a good song. Are you getting a good reaction on it? It's gotten great reaction. Yeah. Um, you know, we kind of went in the room and... You know, I I love the shit out of Afro Man and his songs, and I was like, well, we should write like a kind of because I got high sort of thing that's yeah. a country song, and uh, that's that's what we came up with. And I love the trumpets in it; it's super weird, it's super different, um, super fun. And I think it's gonna be really fun at shows. So yeah. and it's gotten good fan reaction for sure. Yeah, is, is it cool? That, like, does your dad? Is it cool to show your dad some of the stuff and to, for him to see some of the success that you're having? Because I know he sometimes makes a cameo in your content oh dude and i feel like it'd be cool to see the success and then be able to like show to your parents right and like have them be like hey all those i don't know if they ever got you guitar lessons or anything but it's like 
you know, I don't know. Did, did they believe in you? Maybe they didn't Dude. believe in you. I bet uh, they did. I'm <laughs> sure they did. I will say I've, you know, uh, so many musicians have the story of like, my parents didn't want me to do this. You know, I kind of, nobody believed in me. I didn't have that support. And I've just been really fortunate that that was never the case for me. I've got the two most supportive parents in the world. And then, you know, aside from that, the two most supportive older brothers in the world. <laughs> really You're the youngest? I am. Yep. Me too. I'm the youngest. And it's the youngest it's, always does something creative. I tell you what, we're we're pretty special that way. We're Cooper and I are very special. Yeah, it's true. Yeah, <laughs> um, we're incredibly special. Yeah, very. That should be a T-shirt. Just special. But it's got um, like you even brought your dad out in a show to sing a song, right? Yeah. So yeah. whenever they, whenever my mom and him come to shows, I will start by saying my mom is she's just too cool to do the bullshit that we are doing, and I mean that in a good way. Like. She should not have to put up with this stuff. So dad will come up and sing songs. Um, and we do like, you know, sitting at a bar, that rehab song or uh, Gin and Juice, Snoop Dogg. Um, and it's just, it's fun, man. He, he's so cool. He's a hell of a lot cooler than I am. They both are. And uh, it's just fun to have them be a part of the whole thing. You know, they're coming to more shows, you know, now than they could come to in college and all that stuff. And it just, it's a lot more fun when my parents are there. I just, I yeah. love, I love hanging out. My, my parents are my best friends now, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, dude. Uh, it's, I, I love seeing that content with your dad on TikTok. He, he's pretty, you know, he'll act like, yeah. I don't want to do this. It's like the anchorman with the jazz flute. He's like, no, oh, he, he's, I'm don't not make, even prepared. Don't make me sing. <laughs> yeah. Don't make me sing. And As what, he's sprinting up to the stage. Yeah, <laughs> oh my God, he, he loves this, please. <laughs> and what, wait, and you're engaged. Your fiance is a, uh, she's a nurse. Is she that, is. Am I right about that? She works in clinical research. She works in clinical research. Yeah, so she works uh, remote here in Nashville, um, company based out of Winston. She does clinical trials and helps a lot of people. It's a. How did you guys cool meet? Just me in college. We were best friends all through high school, uh, most of college. She went to NC State. I went to UNC, thirty minutes from each other. Yeah. You know, we just kind of stayed friends in college, and then we're both living up in New York. We just kind of reconnected. You know, for the first time in a long time, kind of that first night we were there up in New York. And I mean, to be frank, we just went to a bar and we drank a lot of tequila and we ended up making out, which was pretty awesome. Yeah, I was going to ask uh, how, how, how you get out of the friend zone into the zone zone. Yeah, it's um, we are fully in the zone zone now. You're in the zone zone you. now. Yeah, it's dr it's drinking. It's drinks. See, I don't drink. I feel like if I dr if I did drink. I could get into the zone zone a lot more frequently. And that's the one thing holding you back. Man. That that's the one thing holding me back yep. is, is is I don't drink. <laughs> like like uh, this is a great story actually. You just did you run into her at the bar. Or you just like uh you just you you went to the bar together. Yeah, we went out together and with a couple friends. And I mean, to be honest, I'd had a huge crush on her since you know she came to my school in tenth grade. Um, and so I really honestly had like a gigantic crush from 10th grade until yeah we really started dating so it was always like golly if the chance ever chance ever comes up if it can ever happen you know you at least got to shoot your shot man you got to try yeah and that night it just it worked and and she was into it and uh and we, then, we never looked back man. and then what happened the next day do, are, you, do you, are you texting her yeah or whatever and you're like hey you know can we go on a date yep or you're kind of broaching this thing because you're like ah is this was this a thing, or was this like a Friday night at the bar? We were kind of drunk, kind of thing, or is this a thing thing? Well, yeah, we were, we were such good friends where I think we both knew that if it was, you know, if it happened, it was actually, it would only have to be a thing. Like we wouldn't just do that and like just kind of fuck around for lack of a better word. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You know, we just kind of, I think we both realized it could be something, and uh, here we are. 
Oh my! The ring God. is on the finger. We're the planning the wedding. When's the wedding? Next year, next, next September. Year? Where's it going to be? Around here or? Uh, it's going to be home? up in uh, North Carolina mountains, kind of up by Boone. Oh my God! It's going to be unbelievable. Small wedding or or a uh, or big uh, big wedding? It's looking, you know, You're pretty famous. Big now. You might have a lot of people. Cappy, Cappy uh, did Luke Combs' wedding. He officiated. it. Really? Yeah. Is there a chance he he, he could do your wedding? I, Cappy. Cappy can be the best man if he wants. Really? No. You no, gotta have I, I have a feeling it's not gonna be. <laughs> my Cappy. father's my best man. Yeah, but, uh, no, yeah. No, no, yeah I'm, I bet there's someone else too. There's, there's gonna be a bunch of people. Um, Cooper Allen, the podcast. He's getting engaged. He's about to go on the road. The Cooped Up tour. You need to check out Cooper Allen. Where, where, how do people get tickets? CooperAllen.com. Is that? Coop, uh, I actually think that works too because I think we got that domain. CooperAllenMusic.com. CooperAllenMusic.com. Yes, sir. Check the tour and buy tickets. I, I I gotta tell you, I'm not fucking around here. Cooper Allen puts on one of the most entertaining shows you're ever gonna see from an artist who's on the rise right now. He's gonna knock you out. You will not be bored for a second. The energy is off the hook. The band is incredible. If if you're a fan of Cooper Allen and you're even debating seeing him on the road, grow up and go see him on the road. It's just it, it's insane how how good it is, how fun it is. It's everything you want it to be and more. He's gonna knock you out. Um, and the fridge is coming out this Friday or in September. No, 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 it's mid to late September. We haven't landed on a what, date. What but are it's we coming. waiting on? Like, wh- like, what's the hesitation? Why, why can't we just pick a date, Cooper? The fans want a date for the fridge. It just all everything takes a while, man. What, and it's nobody's what, fault. What, it what just do you mean? Takes what takes a while? a while? Is is the song done? Are we singing on the song? The song is done. The song's done. And you got the artwork. We just got artwork. Put this thing out. What is what is taking a long time? Walker, you hear that shit, Walker, man? Walker, what are we? The fans <laughs> want the fridge. As, what, as Walker what said, waiting. For. I wanted to put it out today. Walker said no. You just you I, can't. I would have put you it out. You gotta today. wait three Who weeks. Gives a fuck? What, just put this thing out. What are we waiting for? Oh my god, the fridge, baby. This thing is funny. This drinking is song of the fall, man. This is the drinking song of the fall. Do, do you need a drinking song in the fall? I, I think Always. you probably do. It's football season, it's man. Football season. Come baby. on, come on. Uh, the fridge is coming out. How do we get you to do a mashup? Can we do a mashup? Can we do a little mashup together? How do we do a mashup together? I would, hey, what's your vision here? You, you tell me. It, Usually when we do like How do you normally thing, do it? Yeah. You just kind of fire off artists and I'll just like sing it and then just well, I, I keep wanna, going. I kind of want to do it with you to see if I could do mashups. You want to do it with me? Do you pull up beats or whatever? Is there a backing track online or something? like? like yeah, how, play a... How do you typically do this? You and I will have a little riff off up here. I. By the way, I don't know if I can do this. I'm I, sort of just making. I'm sort of just throwing myself into it. You were going out on a limb right there. I'm and going I love out. This. I'm going out on a big limb. I have never done this. This I, is. I, this I, is wild. I just see you do it, and you make it look very easy. So I want to. I feel like it's probably not that hard. Although I think it is hard. Let's <laughs> let's just see. So wait. So I pull up like a little backing track. Like what should I pull up? Like I don't know. Blurred lines instrumental. Blurred. See, this we did not plan this. No, no, for anybody is, watching. This is so far from planned. Yeah. Let me just see what this sounds it's like. It's about to be so bad you'll be able to tell it's not planned. Here's here's what's gonna happen is Cooper's gonna be great, and I'm gonna I'm gonna like not be able to do it. Like I'm literally not gonna be able to do it. I got an ad going here. Okay, here we go. So this is the, the Oh geez, another ad. Okay, this is the blurred lines instrumental right here. Let's see what this sounds like. Is this coming through at all? Are we able to hear this? Yeah. I'm kinda getting it. You're getting it? Okay. So, so why so, don't we just kind of go back and forth here? You want me to start? Yeah, yeah, I definitely yeah, I'll wait want till you it to gets start. to the top here. Um, 
Well, this looks like a job for me, so everybody just follow me because we need a little controversy and it feels so empty without me. Yo, this is the story of about how my life got flipped, turned upside down, and take a seat, so uh, sit right there, and let me tell you how it became the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. Cutie the Bomb met her at a beauty salon with the baby Louis Vuitton on her, on her arm. She said, I can tell you rock, I can tell by your charm. For us girls, you gotta flock, I can tell by your charm and now, your Now, the real Slim Shady, please stand up, please stand up. Please stand up. Will the real Slim Shady please stand up? Please stand up. Please stand up. Tell me why he ain't nothing but a heartache. Tell me why he ain't nothing but a mistake. Tell me why I don't know what song to <laughs> sing. So I sing in the How one, one more? Cooper How just one more? sang. And one more time. Romeo, take me somewhere we can be alone. I'll be waiting. All that's left to do is run. The princess, it's a love story, baby, just say yes. Oh, fuck. I can't think of what else to sing. I can't go out like this. Go, my I neck, my back. No, don't do that. I can't, I can't go out like this. Is that the thing? Give me one more. Give me one more verse to come up with a song. I think you have to. I think you got to come up with this. this I need is... to come up with this right here on the spot. Uh, yep. Let me think about what, um, God, there's so many songs that I could sing. Um, I, I can I can buy some time here. Buy me a little bit of time. One, well, I, was I like, just want to get one good more gracious person. ass, bodacious, flirtatious, trying to show patience, waiting for the right time to shoot my steam, waiting for the right time to flash them keys. Sunday morning, man, she woke up fighting mad. <laughs> you got to give yourself some more credit. This is not Dungeon bad. on and on and on about the time I had. And by Tuesday, you could say that girl was good as gone. And we're gonna wrap it Don't here, waste your time on me. You're already the voice inside my head. This guy right here could go all day. All right, all right, all right we're wrapping it here. This, this is the Robin Thicke Blurred Lines official instrumental. There Incredible. were some good moments there. And there were some moments that, that I think we could have worked on. But for a debut mashup, I'm not mad at that. You should. When I did my first mashup, you know, I was about 15, young and green. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, it takes a long time to build it, it up, long, man. You don't get discouraged. No, no, no. I'm, I'm in it for the long haul. Yeah, you're going to yeah. be fine. Yeah, I remember my first mashup, and then my mom got a job. You know, <laughs> oh, doo doo. I don't even know what that means. You know who's uh, never done a mashup? Who's never done a mashup? Howard Stern. He No, of course so, not. There you go. Of course he's never done a mashup. Oh, he's never done a mashup. Come on. Um, Cooper Allen coming into the studio. We owe him a lot. We we owe him. Uh, he's 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 opened up about his journey. He, he's sat through the studio with broken air conditioning. Normally, it's I'm cool. sweating my ass. Normally, off. it's cool as a cucumber in here, but <laughs> the the AC is broken and we're and we're dealing with broken AC. We got these big lights in our face. It's really hot, but he he sweated through it like a freaking champ. We appreciate it. And I, I'm telling you, Cooper, it's like there's no one in the there's no one coming up right now that I think is as entertaining as you are live. Who's on the come up? Like like. This like you're fucking in this, man. You're out do, playing shows. You're doing the thing. Some of these festival things you're doing. You're playing in front of like thousands, thousands of people. Everybody's into Cooper Allen. I'm telling you, you gotta see him on tour because you're you're gonna get it. If, if you're not getting on social media, you gotta see him live. And it's all gonna come to get together. And if you think, oh, this is just a shtick, this is a joke on social media, no, no, no fuck that. You gotta see Cooper Allen live, and you're 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 gonna be sold. You're gonna be you're gonna bind at the church, Cooper Allen. I'm I'm fired up right now. Cooper, we by what is coming out of his mouth? This is just I, I mean it. I mean I don't hype anyone up. I'm I, I no one ever gets any hype on this show. I'm hyping up Cooper. We appreciate you coming into the chase studio taking some time out your your uh your you know your busy schedule 
doing a little mashup with us and uh we'll see you we'll see you next time we'll you the man thanks for having me brother Woo! big time did we get it did we press record oh god we weren't <laughs> recording Damn. it's gold